Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chen, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And for eons, ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching us this truth of oneness um, for many, many years. Um, and actually, it's not new science either. <laughs> science has been teaching this for over 100 years, quantum physics. Um, so basically, what you do to an, another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. So when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is holofractal universal oneness with Tosh of Metasol. Did I say that? Tosh. Did yeah, I say that right? Tash is, Tash is Tash. correct. Yeah, Tash. my site, my site yeah. and, and uh, YouTube channel is called Metasouls. Yes, yes. And that's how I, I, disco I discovered you on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so, so thankful because Tash, you're in Taiwan? Yeah, I, yes. I live in Taipei, Taiwan right now. Taipei. Yes. So he's halfway across the world. <laughs> we are 12 hours difference. It is 9 a.m. here. It is 9 p.m. where he's at. So right. I, actually, I, I actually like that 12-hour difference because it's easy to, to you know, figure out the time. <laughs> yeah. See, time isn't linear, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've, well, I've, seen the, I've seen the future and we're going to be okay. Yes, yes. You're, you're in my future. I'm That's in right. your past. <laughs> this is so true. But we know it's all the now moment. So That's please, right. yes, I am so honored to have you. Can you please share with our listeners? Like I said, I discovered you a few months ago on YouTube. I just love your videos on YouTube. They're wonderful. I am just so in alignment with everything you 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 say and you you I love how you say because I say that too. It's not that I'm trying to teach anyone. I'm just trying to share. And, and from my sharing, if it inspires a person to go within and discover their own truth, that's and, and you say pretty much the same thing in your own words. That's yes. absolutely true, Carolyn. Yes. I, uh, well, first off, I'm really honored that you asked me to uh, be on your show. And uh, I love just connecting with other people and sharing. I think if, if everybody in the world uh, practices just sharing their own truth and their own authenticity, then people connect with that. And that in itself is a... Um, uh, a form of teaching and learning. It goes both directions when you open up that channel. So it's not about anybody, you know, knowing more than somebody else or, you know, being a guru. It's really about everybody just finding their own authenticity. And, and in that, the magic opens up for all, all of us. That is so true. I, I am so, when I, like I said, everything you say, I'm like, ah, I'm so in alignment with this guy. I just, I have to have him on the show. Um, so please, can you share with our listeners, um, share your journey, um, how, how you came to be. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Where you are in this now moment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, you know, actually, I'm not very good with uh, timelines, <laughs> working my way, you know, through my life. But 
Um, I can just give you some background. Um, sure. You know, I, uh, I come from a small town in Idaho. I, I was adopted at birth. Um, both of my biological parents were, were heroin addicts. I was born a little premature. Um, my family moved to a small town shortly after I was born. And, um, you know, I grew up in a very, uh, I want to say, extremely conservative environment. Um, very, very religious environment, but it was uh, kind of within the confines that it, it's not not okay to go outside of those boundaries and really think for yourself. So I was always questioning, um, wanting to seek answers that I couldn't seem to find, you know, as a, as a kid in that small environment. And uh, so basically, you know, um, yeah. You know, I, I grew up in that town. I remember, like, for example, I remember having this uh, conversation with my neighbor. And, you know, when you're kids, you, you do things that you, you would question when you're older. And I remember um, my neighbor, this kid, he was pulling the legs off of grasshoppers. And I, I asked him, I, I said, you know, what if, what if uh, a giant did that to you? How, how would you feel? And, you know, and through my life, I just kept questioning these kind of things and try to make people see from another perspective, you know, even as a kid. And, and actually that ties in pretty heavily with um, what I'm doing now is really to break down the borders of perspective. Perspectives in belief structures cause us to uh, create borders between ourselves. And, you know, yes, we're here in these uh, bodies living to experience what it's like to be separate uh, from everything else that gives us this unique uh, perspective. But I believe that that is just the role of the ego to immerse us into that experience. But ultimately, uh, our free will is designed to help us to overcome those boundaries and look beyond our own limited perspective that has been shaped by our beliefs. And once we can begin to move beyond our uh, belief structures and let them go, we find behind that is kind of, it's like the mask. Behind the mask, you find your, your true authentic self. So, um, you know, when I, when I was a pre-teenager, I went through some really hard times with, with my family and myself. And, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, my parents were having a hard time. They, they were going through, um, uh, well, this is before they were going through a divorce. And I learned that I, I had a brother and it's like turned my world upside down. This was a, a brother that was, you know, of my father in another relationship. And, you know, my whole world was just shattered in that moment because I had these very strong, uh, beliefs. I lived in a small community and everything was very secure. Um, and, you know, then all these signs started happening. It was like the universe was speaking not only um, through me uh, because I was holding on to these secrets. Um, you know, I, I, I broke my leg. Uh, then I broke my arm immediately after. And then I, I had pneumonia. I had allergic reactions to the drugs in the hospital and I had pretty uh, massive hallucinations. This was a drug called Demerol. And then I started having panic attacks after that and flashbacks and all these things started happening. Um, and they were signs both for me because I was holding on to all this stuff, but they were also, I think, signs, you know, for, um, you know, for my father and, and, and my family. But it's interesting when you get older and I think, all of us can go back and we can look at our past and we can look to see how events have shaped us, how they've shaped 
our beliefs. And you have to be able to assess that and, you, and forgive. You have to let go of all the things in your past that shape your belief structures. Um, it's really the only way to move forward because your beliefs uh, are what shape your expectations on the future. And this is what creates this perpetual cycle where every day in our lives seems seem to be uh, very similar to the past or very similar to the previous. You know, we all say, oh, we want all these changes to occur in our lives. But if you think about it, we all hang on to these beliefs and then they perpetuate into the future um, through our expectations. So we went through this series of, you know, these things happening um, just like one thing after another where my whole life was just torn apart. And, uh, but eventually, you know, we made it through it. Um, my, my parents ended up, uh, you know, getting divorced. And, you know, when you look back, you look at these negative events in your life as uh, portals. They're portals for positive things that end up coming later. Um, you know, everything in life is relative. Uh, I say this in a lot of my videos, people probably get tired of me saying it, but, um, you know, our experience here is based on relativity. Um, there is no light without dark. There is no hot without cold. There is no small without large. There is no here without there. There is no now without then. So everything in life is based on um, this dualistic um, relativity where we live in a polarity dynamic. Um, and these two polarities through any given situation in our lives um, sustain the experience that we're having. So you cannot reject any polarity or anything that does not fit your belief or what you would think would make you happy because really it's these opposites that sustain your ability to have those experiences. And when we go through these negative events in our life, they, if we look back, we can see that certain things never would have happened in our life had those negative events um, not happened. It would have not opened up other doors for us. You know, I look at uh, my mother is in a, a happier relationship now. Um, on my father's side, I have two uh, beautiful brothers that, you know, nobody would have reversed time and changed those events. Those events were all portals that opened up into other experiences. Um, so I think we have to look at life that way. And so uh, this is how I started to, to think about the things that have happened in my life. And um, I was able to move past my, you know, my panic attacks and, and all of that as a teenager. And my mother and I, we, we ended up moving um, not, not too far. We were still lived in Idaho and moved to a small, another small city in Idaho called Pocatello. And there the world opened up to me a little more because to me it was the big city. <laughs> and um, there happened to be a new age uh, shop and I had never experienced anything like this before. You know, I was like uh, a kid in a candy store trying to, <laughs> I mean, all the things that I, my mind just wanted to grasp and explore so much of the things that, that this, uh, this type of store had to offer. You know, they had classes and, and there were just books and audio. I mean, I was, <laughs> I think I kind of became addicted to it as a, as a teenager and it became a refuge really for me to, find uh you know a little bit more about who i am and 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 connect with things that i think were there all along 
that mm -hmm. um, helped me to open the door. And, you know, from then, even all my life, strange, strange events have happened. And, and I think it's probably common for uh, most people. And I think people probably talk about it when you interview that, um, you know, these events that I think happen when I talk to even people that uh, I don't know well, or people who maybe even are a little skeptical, everybody has these events that happen in their life. And it's just a difference in how we interpret them and how we either explain them away as being logical um, or we embrace them um, without judgment, you know, and I had a lot of these type of events. You know, we, when I was a kid, um, you know, our, my, our vacuum cleaner would go off in the middle of the night um, all the time. And, um, you know, when we moved my, uh, our, television would turn on all the time. I'd come home from lunch uh, in high school. We lived nearby and we could leave campus. The television would turn on. I started to see these orbs move around my house. And it was almost like they were, seemed really intelligent where when I would see them, you know, I would, I was walking out of my room and I, I, I would catch it and I would look and it would, it, and it would swim under my mom's bed in her room, which was adjacent to mine. Um, so, you know, wow. I really started to get this interest in the paranormal. Um, and uh, I kind of, you know, that's really what started it, it all. I really got into astral projection and lucid dreaming and I started to study it. And then I eventually started to write it. Um, and, you know, I, I met my wife um, and we uh, around, we had gone to school together. Uh, when we were when we were younger, and I reconnected with her um, just out of high school, and we had uh, we quickly we 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 got married together, we moved in together, um, we had a daughter, uh, and later I ended up uh, we ended up having um, four kids total. They're all grown up now. <laughs> They're um, yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> Talk about time and how time flies. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of synchronous events when it comes to the people you meet, you know, like my wife, for example. Um, she also comes from a very uh, conservative background. But interestingly enough, she is um, very, very intuitive. Um, after we met and, uh, and, you know, I was really into this stuff and she didn't have any idea of any of it. But she ended up being, you know, much more sensitive than myself. She started channeling um, early, early on. We were only together, you know, a couple of years, uh, yeah, two or three years, and she started uh, channeling. Um, wow. And that, that was pretty interesting. And um, I guess to, I won't go through everything in my, my past, but... No, it's um, great. Keep going. Yeah, we, we ended up moving away from Pocatello, and um, we just we just went out. We had no intention, you know, where we were going to go. We um, lived in uh, Phoenix for a while and we came back to Pocatello and then we ended up leaving kind of, you know, kind of for good. We, we went to Oregon uh, and we, we decided we're going to just really explore this whole, you know, new age thing. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the WESAC convention down in California. Yeah. It's, it's like a big spiritual convention that they have with numerous channelers. This was really big in the 90s. So probably around 1994, we went down there. And it, 
during this time, we were we were you know really expanding and, and reading a lot of material, and we started to have all these things happen. Actually, we we had these I don't want to say crop circles, but they're like I call them yard circles. These circles that would be almost like burned into into our yard, and I ended up uh, taking uh, some pictures of it. Maybe sometime I could send it to you. Sure. And you know, my wife had a uh, an experience in the middle of the night. Uh, I guess you could say abduction. I don't like to use that term because I think it's kind of a contractual thing before you come into this um, incarnation. Yes. Um, but we had a lot of this stuff happening and then she started opening up to written channeling. Um, and then these weird, just like synchronous events started happening. Um, I'll give you an example where it, something just kind of slaps you in the face. Uh, we used to go to garage sales, like yard sales all the time. And it actually it was part of my work at the time we were selling vintage clothing. And I went to this yard sale and this guy had all these crystals out in his yard. And um, I went up and, and I was like, oh, he's got all these crystals. And I ended up meeting this guy and he starts telling me, oh yeah, you know, he was like really into Atlantis and, and, and crystals and all this stuff. And you know, he, he shows me this crystal. He said, this lady brought this crystal back from Atlantis. And, you know, I was, I was like, well, you know, I was kind of getting into all this stuff, but I, I was a little bit, you know, skeptical also at the time. And so he shows me this crystal. It's a really unique crystal. It's like flat on the bottom and it's like uh, ridged um, where it has all these bumps and then it uh, comes on the top and it also has all these bumps and has two points and the points look almost like they're cut. And so he showed me this and I thought, oh, you know, cool, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then um, the next day I ended up going down to uh, Utah um, to pick up uh, one of my dad's um, clients for, for what he was doing with a business similar to my own from the airport. And on the way, I saw this sign that said rock shop off this, uh, off this exit. And so I took the exit and I went to this rock shop and I, it's like this guy's house, his house has turned into this rock shop, kind of not really kind of in the middle of nowhere. And I go into his house and I walk and I'm looking at all these crystals and stuff. And I walk over to this case and there's the exact same crystal. And I, I, I asked him, I said, what is this? And he's like, these are manufactured crystals. He's like, I have hundreds of them. So they grow these crystals on a string and, you know, and then that's why they're cut. They're, they're man-made, they're grown and all this. So the point isn't to debunk something, but the point is, is that you pay attention to these synchronous events that happen in your, in your life. And the point is not to read too far into the meaning of the event, but the fact that they're synchronous. Yes. When, when you connect with the fact of synchronicity without questioning it on, you know, I thought, what is the meaning of this? This means that he was, you know, lying to me or the person who gave him the crystal made it up or whatever. No, the point is, is that if you live your life in the moment and you, you don't have um, an expectation and you can start to connect and live from one synchronicity to the next and that can become a way of life. It can lead you down your path. And it's not that that event has to have some special meaning in itself, but more that it can direct you naturally the way that a river would direct you. Um, if you were free floating down a river, yes. you don't have to fight against it. You can connect with these synchronicities. 
So yeah, that was that was one example. And so we ended up moving to Oregon. Um, and when we went down to this WESAC convention, I met a lady who owned a crystal shop down there in Mount Shasta. So this is where WESAC was in Mount Shasta. You've probably heard of that. Yes. Yeah. And so um, I was looking for some bigger pieces uh, and I asked her, you know, if she had any more contacts for me, she gave me this guy's uh, card and she's like, well, he's the guy that wholesales to me. And like, she didn't even try to insert herself in the middle for business. I mean, she was just awesome. Just like, you know, here's this guy's card. She's like, but I don't think he'll, he probably, he doesn't talk to very many people. He, he just wholesales kind of in the background and, but he's a healer, but he, he just likes to connect with people that stumble across him. And she's like, and I feel like, I should give you this card. And so I called the guy up on our way back through Oregon. This was down in Ashland and he answers the phone and says, yeah, come right over. And so we go over and we meet this guy. And when I first met him, I just talked about this on my last video that I posted. His eyes are like just piercing blue and he looks through me and I thought he was blind. And so I, I went to give him a hug, like, you know, I'm over here. <laughs> and, you know, when I met him, I, I hugged him. And then, you know, it, after a couple minutes, I realized, no, he's not blind. This guy's just like, and, and we walk into his house and he has hundreds of crystals and he has three dedicated rooms to crystal healing and wow. these huge like Earthkeeper crystals. And they were mounted in these giant copper pipes and he had these, these giant beds with uh, like copper grids on top of them. And well, he's the one who taught us um, about crystal healing and he taught us about the use of copper as a conductor um, to facilitate the movement of energy um, through the body. Um, so then I got really into studying it some more, you know, I found out um, that people like um, Marcel Vogel, who was uh, an engineer that worked for IBM, he held over 100 patents for IBM. And when he retired, he started doing studies um, on um, thought uh, projection uh, to plants. And he would, he would hook up electrodes and he would use a spectrometer to measure like subtle frequencies. And he was able to see that plants registered and recorded the the frequency a certain signature based on your thoughts whether you were thinking to uproot it and destroy it or whether you were thinking positive uh, thoughts right. of love he then carried that over into crystals and found that it amplified it amplified thoughts much in the same way that a uh, they use a ruby laser in the medical industry to focus light to such a degree that the facets, the more that the facets are cut on a crystal or a ruby in this case, the light is amplified, um, you know, similar to how the sun can be amplified through a magnifying glass and focused. Mm -hmm. Well, you can use that in healing in the same way. And he found that he could transfer thoughts into crystal and it would record these um, unique signatures of whatever your intention was, and it would amplify it um, wow. a hundredfold. Mm -hmm. And then he found that you could put it in water, and you could remove it from water, and the water would retain the same frequencies. Wow. Wow. So, you know, so we really got into crystal healing at that point, and we set up um, our own, uh, you know, kind of mini practice on the side where, where we did crystal healings for people, and we had some amazing results. Um, wow. When you work with the copper grid and you use a certain breathing technique, you, the facilitation of energy through the body becomes 
very, very intense. Um, and when you're using the crystals to focus your intent and move energy off the body that may be stagnant, that you're trying to get to move again, because we all tend to, to based on our belief structures and this is used as a lens through which we judge the things that have happened to us. When we judge the things that have happened to us in the past, they, they're, it holds a charge. And this mm -hmm. charge is, is stagnant. It's not allowing the free flow of energy for you to move forward in your life to the next event. You're holding on to the past. This manifests in the emotional body or you could say energetic body. And you can get a feel for, for where those parts of the body are that, that are having troubles. And they will, they will kind of show themselves naturally. When you're on the copper grid, the energy moves so fast. And when you're using the crystals, what happens is you hit these spots that where energy doesn't move mm -hmm. and you, it, it hurts. It really hurts. And you can't control your muscles. Your muscles are holding on to this energy flow. And um, I mentioned this in a recent video. We had this guy that was a complete skeptic, um, but he was a, a friend where uh, my wife's sister was dating him and he, he wanted to, go ahead and give it a try. And he, yeah, the motions that surfaced and he, he was in such pain, he couldn't move his arms and your arms just start to like um, bind up and you can't let them go. And they're very painful. And, and I know what the guy was going through because I went through something similar when we first learned um, this technique in crystal healing uh, mm -hmm. from the guy in, in Oregon, in Ashland. So this was a good example where someone who was a complete skeptic was in complete, you know, pain until we were able to move that energy off of his body. Wow. And we had a number of other, you know, uh, cases that, that were, that were big. Probably the biggest one was a, a, a lady that had um, a brain tumor, cancerous brain tumor, and she came. And by the time we were done um, with, with a few sessions, uh, her brain tumor was gone. She went back to the doctor and, and, ended up going away wow. but what happened is and I heard I heard this um, because the lady was friends with my wife's uh, my, my wife's mother my mother-in-law and it there she she was told that by somebody in her in her church that what we were doing was was wrong you know that it was I don't know evil or uh, you know they just they couldn't accept it yes. and the fear consumed her and she bought into it and, um, and her tumor came back. Now we had moved after that. I don't know what ultimately happened, but it can show the power that, that we are not healers. We, we are only facilitators. We're just facilitating the movement and it's your ability to move through these both emotionally and energetically because they're connected that can free you from dis-ease. Um, before it manifests itself in the physical or even moving through it once it's manifest in the physical, but also the power of the mind to lock down based on your belief um, can magnetically electromagnetically attract those same energy fields and bind them um, much in the same way as what was happening uh, before we ever conducted the healing process. So anyway, yeah, that's, you know, that's the, that's the background there. Uh, wow. From Oregon, we took, from Oregon, we took off. Um, we decided uh, we didn't want to live there anymore. So uh, <laughs> we had lived in Phoenix for a while before we'd come back to Idaho. So we thought, why don't we go to Sedona? 
So we ended up just getting in the car. Um, I had a, a side job. I'd saved a little money. And we got in the car. We left the kids with my uh, in-laws, uh, we said, for a while. Uh, while we go and try to, I try to find a job, we all go to Sedona, blah, blah, blah. And so we ended up going there. It was a disaster. Um, I couldn't find a job uh, because I didn't have uh, uh, residence. Plus, the jobs were very scarce. We were living out of a hotel, and they didn't want to give me a residence because I didn't have a job. And so we were running out of money, and we walked into this cigar shop. Like, you know, it sells magazines and cigars there. It's outside of Stone, actually. This mm -hmm. was in Flagstaff. And we walk in there, and my wife picks up this newspaper and the newspapers, they had newspapers from all over the Northwest and this newspaper was from Boise, Idaho. And it said, um, this company that I work for is hiring. And so she's like, let's go to Boise. I said, okay. So we packed up, we drove to Boise. I pulled up to the guard gate and I got an application and I turned it in and you know, the rest, the rest is history. I ended up working. Um, now, you know, I've moved, um, you know, through uh, engineer, uh, uh, currently uh, through engineering as an engineering manager, SPMO manager. Um, so I've been with, with this company for, you know, about 20 years. Um, wow. But on the side, this whole other parallel interest of mine keeps moving with me, yes. you know, and I don't know, maybe at some point the whole thing will converge and, and, and I'll maybe do something full time. Yes. Um, but I'm just go with the flow, you know, when that happens, it happens. Um, so then, you know, we ended up moving around. We moved with, with this company um, to Virginia, moved back to Boise. Um, 2011, we moved to Singapore. Uh, 2013, we moved to Hiroshima, Japan. Uh, in Hiroshima, we had a lot of interesting things uh, really open up. That energy there is uh, incredibly, incredibly um, peaceful. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of trauma there as well because of what happened in Hiroshima. Right. But it is, it, it allows one to really open up. And that's really when I kicked off Metasouls. Um, mm -hmm. it, it brought me to a point of, uh, you know, probably the deepest point of peace that I've had in my life. I was able to work through and let go of some things that I had trouble with uh, prior um, and then I kicked off meta souls, um, meta souls, you know, it's, it's meta souls, meaning, you know, we're all, um, souls that are something greater than the individual parts, um, uh, which is kind of what, what meta means. And then mm -hmm. you know, I realized that, uh, the, the T-A-S-O-U-L, Tasol, um, when I was young, my, my nickname was Tasol, uh, <laughs> which is weird, um, Tash uh, is, is a Greek name and it comes from Anastasi and my, uh, my relatives all may call me Tasul or Tasuli. And so, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's weird. It all kind of connects, right? Right, um, right, right. And so, yeah, I kicked off that. I thought, you know, I'm just going to do this and put a little bit more energy into um, sharing uh, some of these things that come, that come through me. Um, and, and I'm just tapping into the universe in different unique ways like everybody. And when you find that authenticity, you begin to channel the universe. Um, and we all have something to share. And that's really what it is, is it's just me, you know, I say it's kind of called soul speak. It's just me sharing um, these truths that uh, really parallel a lot of, well, of quantum mechanics, for example. Yes. 
Um, I had written uh, a lot of work uh, prior to ever even knowing what quantum mechanics or quantum physics was um, that paralleled it, you know, exactly. It was very, and and of course, Eastern mysticism all parallels quantum mechanics. Um, So I thought that was pretty unique. So I ended up then studying more about it kind of uh, on the side armchair you know, <laughs> quantum phys- phys- physicist, at least theoretical, you know, I can't, I can't seem to get through uh, the math, <laughs> but it's, um, but it's yeah. interesting, you know, and, and so what ended up happening is through Metasoles, through this channel, um, all the pieces started to fall in place that wow. really came together in a, in an entire theory that, um, that ties together um, quantum physics and a lot of the uh, Eastern uh, mysticism philosophies of uh, Taoism and, and Buddhism and a lot of things that come from myself. And it just all ties together and it actually ties together very beautifully. Yes. I created a series called uh, the Rainbow Ascension series yes, that, it kind of goes from beginning to end. Of course, this thing is constantly expanding, but if you follow that series from beginning to end, you, you, you come full circle and it's, it's really, this whole thing was my own awakening at the same time. And I was really just sharing it. You know, I, I speak, I speak it and it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) you know, a lot of the stuff is just is coming and I, I, I don't know. And, and then it connects and then you find really, you know, the beauty in it. So in 2000, um, you know, 16 last year, we ended up moving to Taipei and that's why, where we are now. Um, and, um, we, my, my wife had this dream about the rainbow bridge. Uh, and it was interesting because I had this series called rainbow ascension series. And then when we moved here to Taiwan, we found that, um, uh, what's it called? The, the, I don't know in Japan, uh, South of Japan, uh, there's the, you know, where, uh, Iwakuni, the Island, uh, there's a string of islands. Iwakuni's there. There's an Island called, uh, Yonaguni, uh, and there's pyramids, um, that are under the water. Um, you can see them online. They have, you know, you can, you can dive down to these pyramids that are wow. in the water. Wow. Well, this chain of islands comes and it almost touches Taiwan. It, it's mm-hmm. like literally, I think it's less than a hundred kilometers or, you know, 70 miles. It's very, very, so the whole string of islands in Japan almost connects all the way to, uh, all the way to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, there's these tribes that live, live on the uh, eastern coast of Taiwan that's just right off where this chain of islands from Japan connects. And these tribes believe in, in what they call the Rainbow Bridge that when you cross the rainbow bridge, you're connecting to your ancestors. And um, I don't think it even says this any, anywhere online, but we were, we were thinking that, that these islands used to actually all be above water, it, all the way to Taiwan, and that these tribes have some connection um, ancestrally, genetically, to uh, the these species that were developing and, and living during that time, which um, there are some people that are channeling a little bit about this. Uh, actually, I don't know if you know Lisa Royal. Um, Not familiar. Uh, Lisa Royal, she, she's, oh, she's amazing. She wrote this, the book called Prism of Lyra. 
most of the galactic heritage um, information that you see online actually stems from her books uh, in the early, uh, maybe late 80s or early 90s, um, where she had channeled about the whole galactic history of the planet um, and talks about all the different uh, seeding of the planet, the roles that the Pleiadians played uh, in the Syrians and so forth. And um, we got to know her. She does most of her work in Japan. um, And, you know, we did some contact retreats, etc. So anyway, yeah, there's these tribes and they they believe in crossing this rainbow bridge um, to connect to their ancestry. And then there's also, I think there's a movie uh the term rainbow warriors not only comes from the native american but also comes from these tribes because Mm. they were occupied by japan i think in the late uh, 1800s and um they had connected to this this philosophy of the rainbow bridge well it connects beautifully because rainbow is is really a, a a a way to show how the oneness of white light um, through a prism, through a prism of a raindrop, is able to re- refract into different colors. And different colors all contain the seed of the white light within it. And it is able to mask off uh, the other colors based on the angle and the speed through which it um, uh, refracts through a raindrop. Mm-hmm. which only produces one color. And then all these raindrops together, you know, produce what we see uh, visually as a ra- rainbow. Yes. So it's a beautiful, really, analogy um, to life itself and the way that oneness itself is um, trying to experience infinite probabilities, is to understand and know every potentiality of itself as relative to every potentiality of itself. And in order to do that, it has to create a, an environment of relativity. It has to create separation. Because without separation, it cannot know itself as relative to itself. There's no such thing as light without dark. There's no such thing as large without small. And so all, all of these immersive experiences require to have a polarized comparison um, one aspect versus others and it also requires other aspects of oneness to be masked and to be hidden in order to give you that unique unfolding and learning experience depending on what aspect of oneness that you're experiencing so I got this visual that it's it it's like a map and I I call it a star map because it's like if you look at a map uh, of the stars it's all these different stars are these different 4D coordinates. And we live in a fourth dimensionality, which is height, width, depth, and time. And time is not linear. That's already been understood um, all the way back from uh, Einstein's theory of relativity, that it's related to your position and your speed and gravity. And so you can view um, time and space together as space-time, like coordinates on a map. Mm-hmm. And every coordinate on this map, you could say it's like a star, is a here-now moment. Yes. And, and every here-now moment is unfolding, and we perceive it in our 4D linear mindset as moving from point A to point B, time A to time B. And we experience this. And I guess the, the challenge in life comes where 
our ego structure immerses us into the experience of this polarity. And growing up as we're children and we have these experiences and our parents teach us and our, our, our teachers teach us, our religion, society, television, you know, everything, the whole social structure, political structure shapes who you are. And based on that, we develop this lens of our beliefs. And through that lens, we judge uh, things that have happened to us in the past. And when we, we judge these things that are happening to us in, in the moment, um, but keep in mind, when we judge, it's already in the past. Yes. There can be no judgment in the moment. When we judge something, it's always judging something that happened in the past or it's an expectation on the future. In the moment, there can be no judgment and there can be no expectation. It's expectations always forward looking, judgments always backward looking. And so that's why every now moment is unconditional love. It's unconditional because there is no judgment. There is no expectation. So every time we find ourselves, you know, judging the past or taking those beliefs, through the lens of what's happened to us in the past and we're projecting it uh, onto an expectation in the future, we're pulling ourselves out of the moment, out of this coordinate on the map of here now. And we're not moving forward. We're not moving through life because life only happens. Things only are in the now moment. Things don't happen in the past. Things don't happen in the future. They happen in the moment. Right. So every time we pull ourselves out of the moment, um, you know, reflecting and judging the past or projecting our expectations in the future, we're pulling ourselves out of a state of unconditional love and we're slowing down the process of our experience, that coordinate, that data point on the map of all that is. And this is one thing that keeps us moving in a very linearized fashion where we tend to move in a very tight radius on this map because our beliefs limit and narrow down all the probabilities to a very narrow subset of what is possible. And we judge our past and we're projecting those judgments onto the future. And so this, that's why we tend to create the next point and experience the next now moment is very, very similar to the previous moment. And so, you know, we say, oh, I wish my life would change. I wish that I would have some big things happen in my life. And we have to stop and think about our belief structures and we have to begin to let go of the past. And by letting go of the past and our judgments against the past, we can open up our boundaries and by opening up our boundaries, we can bring ourselves back into the moment and we can then begin to create. And secondly, we can have more of a, of a fifth dimensional type of awareness. You know, people talk about fourth dimension, fifth dimension. Fifth dimension is really the, the non-linearity of space-time. So if we say fourth dimension is height, width, depth, and time, fifth dimension is the non-linear movement of that experience. So if you really want to jump timelines or you want to experience something very different from what you've experienced in your past, the first thing you need to do is really analyze your life and begin to let go of these past judgments that you hold, these belief structures. And it's not an easy thing to do because you're ultimately admitting that everything in life 
everything bad in life uh, is purposeful. And it goes back to what I said growing up that these are portals. They're they're Mm -hmm. portals not only to sustain your experience when things are good, but the point isn't the good and the bad. The point is the integration and the movement through to experience. Because if oneness already is everything, and it's just masking off certain aspects of itself, like is in the rainbow, and you're experiencing your color, your colors, uh, in order to give you that deep immersive experience, and you're polarizing yourself into a bias based on your beliefs, it gives you that. Your ego has a purpose to give you that immersive experience in life. But you aren't meant to stay there. Your free will is intended to allow you to rise above and see the dynamic that it's a field, a single field, not a polarity A and polarity B that both sustain each other and to move beyond that. Right. And this is kind of, I just just going to jump in for a second here because I, I want to even take that, that theme you're, you've been discussing um, about the, um, the challenges that we go through in life. A step further, uh, okay. and, and I'm writing a, a chapter now on that. Every challenge and difficulty we've ever gone through are actually our greatest blessings. Not only yes. are they, you know, they're they're actually, you know, we all we we all celebrate those happy times in our lives, which are great. But the the challenges in our lives are actually more of a blessing in those happy party times, you know, that's where we find our growth. We grow through our challenges and we plan those challenges. Every challenge we go through, it, it, we, it's not, nothing is doing anything to us. We have created, like you had said, um, the, you described the incident with your wife when she um, um, was maybe Adopted, but it but it was a contractual. It's nothing happens to us without our consent. We are sovereign, divine beings, and we make these agreements in these contracts before we come into this existence. And every challenge we go through, we plan it. We even ask. We ask that person that shoots us and kills us dead. We ask in in spirit realm, we ask that person to do that. Will you do this for me? Will you kill me so I can, you know, whatever. You know, but it's all a play. It's a a movie of our own creation. And and the, 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 the most difficult times of our lives are actually our greatest blessings. So, and I know yes. that's, that's hard for people to wrap their minds around, it's, but it's the hardest thing, especially when you're in the moment yes. of, of experiencing something that, you know, if it, if it comes across as negative or bad, you, your mind finds it attaching itself to the event. Well, the event is already passed. Yes. So that extreme attachment to something that you don't want to lose in your life um, and you're connecting to it so hard that you're completely pulled out of the moment and you're attached to the past because you can't let go of it. That is pain. And pain is your reminder that you have separated yourself from the unconditional love of the moment. So, so I, I totally okay. agree with you. Everything, you know, I like to say things don't happen to you. They happen of you. Everything 
emanates from you. It's all, uh, all of our, all of our uh, skeletons, uh, all of our demons, you know, everything that we experience in life, be it physical or our fears is, is an emanation from ourself. Um, and one way to, to, to kind of start to ease and get over that is you, if you can learn to see bad things in your life as being necessary and valid parts of creation that are of you, not something happening to you, then you, by default, you know what unconditional love is mm-hmm. because that is unconditional. There are no judgment. There are no conditions. Yes. yes. And, and when you, if, if you subscribe to the idea that oneness itself is all that is, that is everything, and that it is experiencing all of these potentialities within itself, then it's easier to understand, at least in theory, that all things are valid. Every experience in life is valid. And, you know, this is where it, it ties, um, it ties pretty, pretty well into, into quantum mechanics as well is, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if you know, but it was quantum physics that woke me up to the truth of oneness. Uh, what the bleep? I don't know if you've ever watched that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. Yes, it was what the bleep. <laughs> what the bleep? I had been studying um, spirituality and metaphysics off and on for thirty years, and I was I was not really getting it. I loved it. But I was like, I was not really understanding it until I watched What the Bleep. And there was one sentence. Lynn McTaggart said, the biggest illusion in the world is the illusion, uh, or the biggest problem, sorry. The biggest problem in the world is the illusion of separateness. That one sentence, woke, something woke up inside of me, said, this is true. It's all there is is God. There is nothing outside of God. And whatever term, God, divine, source, universe, whatever term, the term doesn't matter. All there is is all there is. And there's nothing that exists outside of all there is. And all there is is... Like you said, the, 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 you, have, you can't have light without dark. You can't have dark without light. The, the contrast, the polarity, it's in, to keep it balanced, meaning not one is not, it's all neutral. We, we put labels on it. We, like, we label it good or bad. In truth, it's just all vibration. You know, mm-hmm. you have a lower vibration, you have a higher vibration. Um, it's where you want, where your free will by your free will, where you want to vibrate. Where do you want to vibrate? Do you want to vibrate low or do you want to vibrate high? But there's no judgment in where that person is vibrating. It's all, like you said, it's unconditional love, unconditional acceptance of the now. And I love the now, what's happening in this now moment and in every now moment, just love what is. Because yeah. what is, is what you're creating. That's your creation. Love it. Love your creation. Yes, beautifully said. <laughs> beautifully said. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if we can learn to think about um, the evolution of our consciousness. So if you think about the, you know, you say in the title, uh, hollow fractal, hollow fractal, um, you can look at oneness in uh, through through two different angles. You know, one is that oneness itself is like a fractal. 
and to experience itself in every aspect of itself it has to um, uh, fraction itself it has to fractalize itself um, and if you look at the nature of fractals um, there are infinite subfractals within every single fractal there is infinite amount of separation within a fractal but yet it's contained within the oneness or the wholeness of a single fractal and mm -hmm. then on the flip side the hollow portion of hollow fractal is that then every not only is every fractal itself contain an image of the parent of the mm -hmm. whole right but like a hologram every component within a hologram you know if you take a holographic plate and you break this right. holographic plate every single component of a, of a holographic plate can recreate the entirety of the hologram it right. contains the totality of the whole yes. so in this game of oneness uh you know fractalizing itself and immersing us into all these experiences if we can remind ourselves that we are on a journey to evolve our consciousness through the experience mm -hmm. of all of these data points on this map that make mm -hmm. up all, all that is. And in order for us to, one, um, move through each moment, we have to move beyond duality. We have to understand that both polarities sustain the other. And when you merge that, you're able to move because you're no longer attaching yourself to the past and you're no longer controlling your future. You're able to move. And secondly, when you integrate things that you perceive to be negative in your life, you are expanding your consciousness to incorporate those things. You, yes. you move above that polarized field and you integrate it. And when you integrate it, that becomes the knowledge of that experience. And that knowledge gained allows the expansion to move on to other experiences. And it incorporates that within the memory, the fabric of all that is. Yes. So as you transcend it, I love the word transcend, you're transcending it Absolutely. by, by it incorporating it and the other when the when i think of holograms and holographic i think of Rumi. Rumi's my favorite quote, quote of Rumi's is you're not a drop in the ocean you are the ocean in a drop right because you we are all that is we are all that is in a drop Yes. And, and, <laughs> and, and, that, and, yes. and that, that ties in so well with quantum physics. Um, yes. You know, quantum physics, one way to look at it is, um, you know, without going into to all the details, every experience in, in life, every decision point that we make is um, a narrowing down of infinite probabilities. And they're finding that, you know, through quantum mechanics, that it's like a, it's like an ocean. It's mm -hmm. like a, an, an ocean that ripples up onto the surface and, and where it ripples up are these points of isolated, seemingly separate experiences. But underneath these, these ripples mm -hmm. is an entire ocean. And the ripple is always connected back to the entirety of the ocean. They find that 
even when they try to take a, a subatomic particle, mm-hmm. a photon of energy, and they try to measure very specifically where is the position to, to determine, is this a photon of energy, a particleized matter, or is it a wave of energy? of light. They find that the more they try to identify its position, the less they know about its momentum. The more wave-like, the more ocean-like the momentum becomes. And when they try to know the momentum, the more wave-like the position. And this is the wave-particle duality that always, every piece of matter is always connected back to an ocean of probability Mm. um, and interconnectedness um, that I think is beautiful and Science has a hard time dealing with this because because of the fact that it we you know we live in a reductionist society and we think of things as separate components you know science was always built on that and now they're finding that it's you know it's all connected and there are some pretty interesting theories out there I would highly recommend other uh, people if you're interested in this um, look you know look up um, well, first look up Hugh Everett, uh, Many Worlds Interpretation, okay. which suggests that when, when, uh, it, when a wave of energy uh, materializes and becomes physicalized a point of matter is when we consciously observe that light energy. This is the famous dual slit experiment yes. where mm-hmm. you know, a wave moves through two slits in a wall, a wave of energy, and if you don't observe it, though, that wave of energy hits the adjacent wall in a specific interference pattern. And right. when you do observe it and you, or you, you measure it, it, it particleizes into particle of matter and creates a different signature on the wall, suggesting yes. that our consciousness, or at least our awareness of measurement, is creating reality around us. And when we, we don't create it or when we look away, it's back to being all that is. Right. And they found that it can even change time, that when you measure it after it goes through the two slits in the wall, so you, you, it goes through the two slits as a wave, because yeah. let's say we don't measure it, and then we measure it after it goes through the two slits, we find that it measures like a particle on the adjacent wall. It had retroactively changed the course of history and went through as a particle. This is called Wheeler's Delayed Choice right. Experiment. And, because and yeah, yeah, these are paradoxes yes, that are, yes. that are uh, as we, science as science can get, that they, yes. that they don't understand, right. um, that show that the non-locality shows, of time. Right, right. I was just going to say that proves there is no time, you know, because you can, you can, in tech, technicality, you could go, technically, you could go back in time because there is no time. Time is yeah. just a, it's a measurement tool. That's yes. what time is. But and then not. you get in yes. then you get into these, you know, crazy ideas that I love to think about. And I'll just throw one out there. Is that if you think about it at any point, let's just talk about in normal terms, we say yeah. past, present, future. Right. If if at any point in our future, the way we, we perceive our future, let's say it's a million years let's say it's a billion years or a trillion years at some point, any point in our future that we are able to understand the nonlinearity of time and we are able to interact with it in a nonlinear way, such as I described with the first steps are us letting go of our belief structures through which we judge the past 
and project our expectations on the future that pull us out of the moment, we begin to experience 5D nonlinearity of, of space-time. But let's say at any point, even if it takes us a billion years to um, develop the technology, be it consciousness technology or physicalized technology, to bypass the linearity of time, then that means that right now we are experiencing people who are from the future. Yes. It's inevitable, right? Yes. And this is why you see so many people who are channeling future versions of themselves. Yes. Because it doesn't matter if it takes a trillion years. If we eventually are able to evolve our consciousness to 5D, to the nonlinearity of space-time, then by default, you are experiencing, there will be people here experiencing and influencing in that dimensionality. Um, and this is why I think there's so many people that are channeling their future true. versions of themselves. Very true, yeah. very true. Well, I, I, I know of one that's a dear friend, Brad Johnson. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, okay. Yeah, he, his work's great. I love yes, it. I love yes. it. Yes. Yes, he, reality and, whisperer. Right. Yes, reality whisperer, Brad Johnson, and also Bashar is extremely popular. I love oh, him. Yeah. I've been trying to get him. Can't can't nail him down. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I've had. Um, and speaking about Brad, um, I I, I, t I mentioned to you that a week ago I launched a new website, Universal Oneness Alliance, which is a, an alliance between myself, um, Awake to Oneness Radio, uh, Universal Unity, Universal Unity, and Awakening to Our Truth. We have come to form an alliance, and we're actually hosting our first live event on September third in Victoria, Canada, and Brad Johnson will be one of our featured speakers, oh, that's awesome. our presenter. So it's going to be Brad Johnson, it's going to be Tina Louise Spaulding, and also Joanna Ross. So we'll have three channels, one, a, a full day event with three channels speaking. And, and, oh, that's great. Yes. Yeah, so that if you could get to Victoria, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I what? You know what? The wonderful thing, technology, we're not, okay, so we have a beautiful venue in a garden that seats 200 people, which we're hoping to fill, but we also want to um, share that event with the world. So we will be live streaming from Victoria, the entire event. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, so, I'll definitely, <laughs> definitely be there. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I'm very, very excited about that. So, and definitely, I'm going to send you all the information because I'd love for you to join our alliance. I just, you know, it's you. I, I was listening to your YouTube all last night, preparing for, you know, interviewing. The, well, having the show with you. I don't <laughs> true. I don't interview. <laughs> I have conversations, but I was just. I'm so in alignment with everything you're saying, and you say it different. Your language is different than mine, but we're saying the same thing. Yeah. I always say, yeah. I like to keep it very simple because I like the, the hey, simplicity of it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I love how, I love your, you go into it a little bit more complex. You don't go into the math, but you go into the quantum physics um, really nicely. And it, it just, you know, it resonates so beautifully. Um, but I know some people will hear the quantum physics language and be a little, you know, afraid of it. So I try yeah. to always keep it very simple. It's if you think of it, it's just we are all one, and it and it is proven. It's a proven fact scientifically. It's not. This is not new science. 
And I say um, our, uh, on our website, our new website, oneness is not a belief. It is a universal truth. I even actually, I started out saying oneness is not a belief. It's a universal. It's, it's a fact. Um, and anyone that tries to disprove oneness, when they try to disprove it, all they'll find out is they can't disprove it because it's just we are all interconnected. We are all one. And um, the beauty of that is when mankind actually awakens and it will happen. And like you said, it doesn't matter if it happens in a billion years, but I believe it's going to be much sooner than a billion <laughs> years. I think, I think we're getting very close to that awakening of humanity, when mankind yeah. awakens to the universal truth of oneness, that we are all connected. And what I do to another person, I'm literally doing to an aspect of myself. And when that truth, when mankind awakens to that truth, we will experience peace on earth. And, and I believe it's, it, it's not a million years away. I believe yeah. that awakening is, is, is coming very, very yeah. soon. And, and the first step is to experience peace in your own heart. Yes. And, 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 and I can't emphasize this enough to anybody listening is that the best thing you can do is, you know, talking about keeping it simple and keeping mm -hmm. practical advice is that if you can learn to let go of your past, learn to understand that your beliefs are creating a border and that border through your beliefs is a separation, a wall of separation between you and other human beings. So learn to let go of your beliefs and learn to, because, uh, you know, one key point is that our beliefs are, we want to bring happiness. Everybody seeks happiness in their life. And through our beliefs, we think that if only life could be exactly how we believe. If you could, if you could have every event in your life, in your future, your environment, the people around you, let's say the people around you think exactly like you and your environment is just the perfect environment, um, then everything matches your belief and you have this sense of happiness, but we've been taught that that is how we find happiness. So we seek it throughout our lives. We're always trying to find something to match our belief, to make us more, more happy. And, and it gets to the point where we're trying to judge other people and kind of heard them um, to follow our belief, which we want to convince them that what we're saying is, is more correct, our belief is more accurate. And if we can get everybody to fall in line with our belief, we think that we found happiness, and then we come to find out it gets pulled apart because everybody else in the world is trying the same thing. They're trying to match their reality to their beliefs. And this is the root cause of conflict is that we expect everybody else to match our beliefs and we try to control. It could be little things. You could be driving in the car and you want to control the way that, you know, you're in the passenger seat, the way that somebody else is driving. You know, we're all, we all have our little quirks where we want to control our environment and other yes. people because if it matches exactly what we think, we, we, we are trained that that is happiness. But really, it's, it, it can't be held. Happiness cannot be held because it's a web where everybody is pulling an individual strand to match their own beliefs and their beliefs don't, don't line up with yours. So they're going to try to pull their environment and the people around them in a different direction than you. Right. So what's the only solution is not to try to control everything to match our beliefs. It's to let go of our beliefs and find peace in everything, in any situation. Once we can do this, we, 
we let go of the control in the future. We let go of judgment on the past and we yes. find ourselves in the unconditionality of the moment. That is yes. love. Right. Right. Unconditional love, unconditional judgment on the person, place, or thing. Don't judge what's happening. No judgment towards what's happening. No judgment towards the person. No judgment towards the situation. Just unconditional love in the right. here and now moment. And that, and it is very simple. It's a very yes. simple truth. Yes. Yeah. And you can <laughs> practice it all the time, just yes. in your daily life, little things, you know, let go of control. Yes. Just let go of control. Let things happen. See yeah. where it takes you. And that's when the magic happens. That's when the synchronicities start to connect. Yes. Going with the flow of life. Just yeah. going, going, let that river, yeah. let that river just go where it wants to go. And you don't need to know where it's going. Just, right. just, pop, just go if with you, it. If you yeah. think about your, your beliefs and, and that are formed from your past and you're trying to project and control your future through the lens of your beliefs, and narrow it down, what happens is it narrows down all the possibilities that you could be experiencing in your life to this small path that is a di direct replication of your past because you're trying to control your future to match your beliefs. Sorry, I lost you there for a second. Trying to control yeah. your future to match your past because your right. past shapes your beliefs. So yes. of course you're going to create the next day exactly like the previous day. You're not going to get the changes that you desire to exactly. see. And as soon as you just begin to let go, then changes start to happen. True. And you, you start to make what I call those quantum leaps. Because exactly. you, you're actually leaping timelines. You know, right. You're you, no longer moving yes. linearly in a, in yes. a fourth dimensional linear um, progression because your future is always based on your past. Mm -hmm. You've broken that. You've broken the linearity and been able to transcend it into a five-dimensional nonlinear experience. And sure. this is where I honestly think that this is where you're shifting timelines. This is where people are experiencing the, the, the Mandela effect and, yes. and those alternate timelines. And awesome. we're beginning to, to shift and we're like a television uh, set, yes. you know, we're, yeah. we're tuned into channel six and we're mm -hmm. starting to be able to be flexible enough to blend channels and experience other realities. Yes. Um, and this is where the forefront of science is moving to is that we're currently stuck in a, in a materialist um, viewpoint of science where science only accepts things that are of a material phenomena. Mm -hmm. Anything that's a non-material phenomena is dis discounted. So things like paranormal activities and those kind of things are not considered to be real. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, everything that you experience is only as good as through what you're experiencing it. Your, mm -hmm. through your consciousness, right. you know, you know, what you know about science only comes through your consciousness and it's only as good as what you know about yourself. Yes. So the exploration of consciousness and non-materialism is, is the future of science sure. and, and, and is the future of consciousness evolution on this planet. And I believe that's the next step um, towards our evolution that we really have to start thinking about and embracing because um, it is a path to peace. Yes. Uh, it's a path to peace within oneself. And, and I say this all the time, like what yeah. Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And it's a literal thing. When it's you can true. find that peace within yourself, you, you, you let go of the expectations that you have on other people. 
Yes. You, you free them. You yes. free them to be who they are. Exactly. And then they can turn and, and not feel bound to act a certain way towards your expectations. And they can learn to do that to other people. It's a chain reaction that really can light this world, uh, you know, light up this world and make big changes. This is so, so true. This is, ah, we have to, you have to come back on. This has been amazing. I, I'm just, I just glanced over at the time. I didn't realize. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think we're reaching but, our point, so. Oh, we're, we're, we're past that. Wait, we're about to, <laughs> but that's sorry. okay. No, no, no. Don't please. Don't say sorry. No. The one thing I love is that, you know, having my own show, I could go as long as we want. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no limits. No, no, I'm not in a box. No limitations. That's right. No, but that's right we, just go with it yeah we're just going with the flow here and this is beautiful 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 i definitely am going to invite you back i'm definitely sending you the website on the alliance remember it's september 3rd i am really we like i said this is a new venture just uh started we just launched the website and really want um to reach out to as many people as we can reach just to share this whole oneness. Uh, the Oneness Alliance is, uh, the purpose is to have a oneness hub. Just all these people that understand and live their life with oneness, we just like want to bring them, connect them all together in this oneness hub. So That's great. This yeah, is, it's beautiful. This is amazing. I, I think you're doing a wonderful job of it. You know, like well, I said, we were talking earlier that, um, people like yourself and, you know, uh, Jamie, who uh, from yes. uh, Awakening to Oneness uh, actually helped me out a lot with, you know, supporting my videos. Um, okay. You guys are like a hub that's connecting um, minds from around the world that are exploring the frontiers of consciousness. And, and we're all teaching and learning together from yes. each other. And we're just expanding this circle in, 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 yes. in many ways. It's like the evolution of our own consciousness. Yes. Um, yes. This, is yes. The be this is the beginning of collective consciousness. Yes. Is yes. being able to break down the borders between uh, my ideology and yours or other people, belief structures. You're, you're right. removing those borders and you're allowing the circle of consciousness to expand, to incorporate all that is. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because like you said, all belief, all, everything is valid in the oneness. You know, right. there's nothing, nothing excluded from oneness. So that's the thing I love. That's the beauty of it. That it's all, all that is, is all that is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, well, thank oh, you very much, yes, Caroline, for having yes. me on. Oh, and we definitely going to have get you back because I want us now to our next shows. I want us to really hone in on like one particular theme. We kind of, we covered everything. I think in the yeah, show. Right, right. <laughs> we can, we can break um, shows up into themes and I'll let you pick those themes. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll, We'll connect again from, with you on the other side of the world, you, with you in my future, and I'm in your past. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank okay. you so much. Thank, thank you, Caroline. Thank, thank you. you to everybody watching. Um, you know, I always say this, but if there's really a deep, deep meaning behind it, that's um, very simple. And it's, it's live, let go. in love.
So true. So true. Namaste. Namaste. Peace. Thank you. Peace. See you. Bye-bye.